Inspiring, educating, and at times entertaining. This is the Retirement Years Podcast with your hosts, Mary Ellen French and Dave Wing. Hi there, I'm Mary Ellen. And I'm Dave. On today's episode of the Retirement Years Podcast, we'll be discussing the importance of strengthening your core and practicing your balance. We'll also meet a guest today who is nearing retirement and evolving her fitness routine to include yoga. We'll find out why and talk about the physical and mental benefits of yoga. I'm really excited for uh, listeners to hear from our guest today. Um, Actually, we've got two guests. Yes. And they do have a couple of things in common, which uh, which we'll talk about later on in the episode. They do. And, you know, when we divvy up the... uh, the uh, responsibilities today. I see that I got kind of the downer information. So uh, <laughs> just that I, I, there'll be no jokes specifically around this area. That's for sure. Because no. I will start off today talking about the dangers of falls. Yeah. And uh, I know what you said in conversations you've had recently that, and things you've seen that it, it doesn't mean I'm getting older, therefore I will fall. No. Uh, you know, there's things that we'll talk about today that you can do to prevent them. But when you look at the the impact, uh, first of all, I found some information from the CDC, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention in the United States. And every second of every day, an older adult, 65 plus, suffers a fall in the US. Wow. Yeah. Then uh, that makes falls the leading cause of injury and injury death in that age group. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. And like we've said, preventable in many cases. Yeah. Uh, about 36 million falls are reported among older adults each year, resulting in more than 32,000 deaths. Wow. And each year, about 3 million older adults are treated in emergency departments for a fall injury. So it is also a healthcare burden. Mm-hmm. Not that mm-hmm. you and yeah, that you set out to be that, but no. it, it's also, uh, you know, it, it takes up some time in the emergency departments for sure. Uh, one out of every five falls causes an injury such as broken bones or a head injury. Mm-hmm. And each year, at least 300,000 older people are hospitalized for hip fractures in the U.S. Yeah. I, I would have guessed a number nowhere near that. No. Uh, and 95% of hip fractures are caused by falling and usually sideways. Hmm. So some of the exercises today that we hear will uh, will help with your balance in making moves um, to each side. Um, that paper, if you're interested in, in seeing it at the CDC, it's called Keep on Your Feet, Preventing Older Adult Falls. Interesting. Falling sideways. I I never really stopped to think about that. I guess if that's that would explain like hips are hips tend to be what I hear people break when they fall. And I, I know from my grandmother and always wanting to make sure that neither of my, my grandmothers were falling, things like that. Mm-hmm. Like it just, just something I remember hearing as, as a teenager and as someone in my twenties and thirties was, you know, that was, that was the really big deal. It, it almost, it was almost not more important. That's not the right word. It was worrying about our grandparents falling was a big deal because that in my family was more likely to happen than for example, them developing cancer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it, I think the numbers would would uh, hold that up too. I, I think you're right. Hmm. Um, and then the uh, government of Canada did a study uh, in November of 2021, 
and falls are the leading cause of injury among older Canadians. What that, I don't think that surprises uh, many no. people. Uh, 20 to 30% of seniors experience one or more falls each year. Mm. 85% of seniors injury related hospitalizations are due to falls mm-hmm. and exact same number, virtually same number in the U S and Canada at 95% of hip fractures are due to falls. Um, and they would be uh, very, very difficult to, um, come back from, yeah. uh, the older you get, uh, one third of seniors are admitted to long-term care following hospitalization for a fall. And that's usually, that's often a harbinger of you need more support. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that is uh, long-term care. I, I had a great aunt who fell down the stairs. It was very, mm-hmm. very healthy. And we didn't notice uh, that, uh, you know, the, the memory issues and, and the right. like. And her her last thing at home was falling uh, down the stairs. And she mm-hmm. had long-term care after that. Right. So like you're saying, straight from hospital to long-term care. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, uh, well, it is happening fairly often if it's one-third. Right. So, so you interviewed um, one of our guests again from season one, uh, Morris. So Morris is a fitness instructor at the YMCA, and um, he had some observations to share. Um, when you and I were speaking um, at a recent social event, you'd mentioned to me about how devastating falls can be. Um, what are some of the risks involved as a result of falls, and are they are they fairly common? That, yes, Dave, they're actually too common. It's tragic, really, the amount of injuries and the level of injuries that seniors have for falls. And in many ways, they're, they're avoidable. 45% of the falls actually just happen uh, just by walking around in, in your own home. What they're finding over time is that the amount of time in the hospital, you can be in the hospital for as much as three weeks. Those that are hospitalized for falls, over a third of them end up with broken bones and they're in there in there for weeks. And actually, as tragic as it all is, fairly large number, I've heard 20% of hip injuries that are hospitalized and actually end up in death. So as you heard from Morris, falling can have very serious consequences for older adults, right? I mean, yes. death, pretty serious. But as I pointed out in some of the research that I shared with listeners last week's episode, um, falling doesn't need to be a given as we age. It is, it's completely, it is not completely preventable, but there are so many things that, that uh, a person can do to manage their environment and manage themselves so that falling is less likely to happen because really anybody can fall. Right. Right. And the, the reason it's such a, in such prevalence among older adults is because without even knowing it, we tend to lose our sense of balance as we age, if we're not doing things to maintain it. And we lose our core strength and our lower body strength. Again, if we're not conscious of it and doing things to maintain it. Right. So um, I want to share from the uh, NCOA which was the National Council on Aging. I shared that uh, resource with people last time. One of the many resources on their website is a uh, falls prevention little infographic. And I I thought it was, I really thought it was really good. This would be something that would be good to have up on on the fridge, for example, at home. So they've got six different tips here. The first one is find a good balance and exercise program, Mm -hmm. right? And we're going to, we're going to hear 
in a few minutes from Morris again with some suggestions for that. Right. Uh, talk to your healthcare provider, right? Like ask, they can do an assessment of your risk of falling. So they've got a checklist that they go through and questions that they ask. And actually there is a risk assessment as well for caregivers and uh, professionals on, on the same website. Uh, number three, regularly review your medications with your doctor or your pharmacist, mm -hmm. because sometimes the side effects of some of those meds can actually increase your risk of falling. So you want to make sure that you review your meds. Uh, number four, get your vision and hearing checked annually and update your eyeglasses, right? Because I think we forget that really it's our eyes and our ears that are the, are part of the key to keeping us steady on our feet. I know that because the first time I got, um, glasses uh, a prescription for glasses with the um what, what's the term i'm looking for oh transition yeah uh, transition i got the lenses. transition lenses and uh, she warned me like use them like you've got to use them to get used to it but if you're driving or like that might not be the time to practice right. and it was a little disorienting <laughs> like it yeah. was yeah for the for a little bit so yes uh, getting that your vision and your hearing yes um checked is a great advice yeah yeah uh, the fifth piece of advice is to keep your home safe by scanning around your environment for tripping hazards and things like cords that are running across the floor, not taped mm -hmm. down the edges of mats, things like that. Um, increase the lighting. So you want to have increased lighting, especially around stairs, right? They talk about making stairs safe and having grab bars in right. key areas. So areas where there's water, like the bathroom, right? So getting in and out of, uh, of a tub or even of a shower. Um, yeah. Anyway, having grab bars. And then the sixth tip was to make sure that you talk to your family members and enlist their support in taking simple steps to stay safe because falls are not just a senior's issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now they had very similar uh, recommendations on the Canadian government report. Uh, because just reporting on those stats isn't much help unless they also mm. suggest some sort of solution. Yeah. Many of the same ones were there, like the grab bars and getting rid of trip hazards and that that right. sort of thing. Um, um, in conversation off microphone with Morris, yeah, uh, he was mentioning about small pets, uh, oh, especially yes. cats, those sneaky devils. Eh? They, they, yeah. they get right around your feet. Uh, at least the dog is like begging and has a purpose and is probably making carrying on a bit, but just small pets, because you know, you would never hurt your pet. So if you no. felt you were going to step on them or something that uh, my mama had a fall downstairs, the cat was spread out on the top stair as she was heading back down. And uh, yeah, that, that led to some uh, interesting moments mm -hmm. and, and the cat survived. That's the part of the story. That's amazing. Really. If you knew my yes. mom um, and the other, when you say about lighting, for whatever reason, in the winter months, I will go downstairs from the hallway, and it's hardwood stairs, making them even dumber, with no light on. I'll, I'll go down in the what? dark, and I'm thinking, I have I, no idea. And I'll catch myself doing it, and I'll think, why didn't I? Because the switch is right there. That's why they put them at the top of the stairs. It is. Yeah, but no, I'll, I'll slip down in the dark. I, I don't know if I think I'm a ninja. I don't know, but... It's not wise and I do not recommend it. And I know at some point we'll likely be putting a runner on the hardwood stairs because mm -hmm. that's, that is a definitely a slip hazard for sure. Mm -hmm. It is. Oh, one more thing. Yes. Uh, the importance of maintaining your balance and not falling. We had a gentleman locally who lost his balance and he fell into an upholstery machine. 
What? Yeah, he's now fully recovered. Oh my god! No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should have been suspicious when you said one more thing. Oh goodness! So I think I think Morris um, had a few tips for us. Did he not? He did, and. In, in our conversation, Morris was discussing uh, things you can do to keep up your strength and maintain your balance. And he shared some exercises that you can do at home because for some people, uh, classes are intimidating yes. to go to an organized class at your community center, even though Morris assured me that everyone that comes, he, and I know he would do this. He's a really genuinely nice guy. He welcomes them and says, don't worry about it. You know, we're all here together. Uh, but these you can do at home or as he described, uh, you can do some standing in line, you know, waiting at the bank or whatever line you happen to find yourself grocery in. Grocery store, sure. Yeah. The grocery store, yeah. And he focuses on keeping your mind and body working together, making mm-hmm. making you think about the movement. And that is important, that mindfulness about yes. um, how you maintain your balance and, and what to do in a in your exercise so that when it really happens, you'll have a better chance of catching yourself. Right. And this is what Morris had to say about how he learned about these exercises and some of the ones you can try on your own. Morris, in season one of the Retirement Years podcast, we had an episode about how volunteering was good for the soul, uh, especially for those in retirement. I understand you volunteer at your local YMCA along with other organizations as well. But more specifically at the Y, you lead some classes on improving strength and and balance. What led you to take the time to lead those sessions for others? Um, I was a Y member for years and years and years and attended classes as a participant. And over time, after I retired, I thought, "Hmm, I can do that. And so I took the training. Uh, There's quite a bit of training, actually, to become a, a fitness instructor at the Y. So I took the training, uh, did the placement um, uh, hours that were needed and uh, ended up assigning me a class. First of all, I was assigned the step aerobics class, which was uh, interesting. And then over time, it evolved that being a senior myself, they thought it would fit that uh, put a senior at the front of the class. And so I instruct the seniors class now. It's called prime time. So some of the things that they can do at home, it's pretty simple, really. You don't need any equipment. So you can start with some what we call static moves. So some of the static moves that you can do, I would suggest at first, just hang on to a counter, uh, the kitchen counter, or just to hang on to a chair and just stand on one leg. It seems pretty simple, but if you stand on one leg for 30 seconds at the beginning, you'll think 30 seconds is quite long enough to be standing on one leg. So then other things that you can do, lift one knee up and hold the one knee. So you're bouncing on one leg and holding your knee up and then change it over, hold the other knee up, bounce on one leg. Don't worry, you touch down every once in a while if you need to, to, to maintain and get your bounce back, but just hold the leg up and just, and uh, that'll give you a really, you'll really feel the strength in, in your leg. Another one that you can do static, put your leg out to, to one side and just hold it there. And what this does, this is kind of like a double benefit one because your weight, you're off center on your weight balance. So it creates more balance there. So it's kind of two things. You're got you're gaining in your brain a sense of the balance, mm-hmm. uh, center of ba- center of gravity, center of balance. At the same time, you're, you're building up a strong leg. This one is, uh, I, I call it in my class, a step over the cat. Um, mm-hmm. So very slowly, step sideways and out a fair distance and then set the other foot down, bring it to meet and then step back over the cat 
and then bring the, the, the two feet, feet two feet together. So do it as slowly as you can, because all the time that leg is up in the air, you're balancing mm -hmm. and your body is strengthening and your body can feel the, feel the, uh, ten the tension on it. See, Morris even talks about cats. I love that he called that exercise stepping over the cat. Yeah. Because yeah. as, as listeners will know, I have a cat, you have a dog. And absolutely, there is a thing as stepping over the cat because she invariably thinks she needs to be around my feet when I'm doing dishes in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I will admit I have stepped on her tail twice in the last year. Poor thing. Well, there are people who don't like cats who think it's quite intentional and they're trying to take out the humans, but that, that may not be. Factual. No, I, I can assure you that it, that is not the case. <laughs> so, so I, I, I related to what Morris was, was uh, suggesting there because um, I, so at home here starting last fall, I guess, I decided that one of the things I needed to do <laughs> was work on my balance. Um, and so I do yoga poses every day, or I try to do them every day. What I did is I attached it to something else I was already doing as a habit. So um, I brush my teeth twice a day. My dentist will be happy to hear that as will my uh, the person who cleans my teeth. Your hygienist. Yeah, my hygienist. Thank you. And uh, so I have an electric toothbrush. Again, my hygienist is very happy with me for using that, but I like that it's time. So it's got a, it's got a two minute timer on it. And for the whole two minutes, I do squats and that may not sound like much, but if you do that for two minutes, twice a day, you will be shocked at how you can improve your lower body strength and even some core strength and balance just by, mm -hmm. just by doing that. It's yeah. quite wild. So then I add a few yoga moves in after that, just a couple of uh, standing poses and I use that time to be mindful, a little bit of meditation, a little bit thinking about what the days ahead of me is going to hold and uh, the breathing, the uh, box breathing that mm -hmm. uh, Louise shared with us. That's something that I've, I've done for a long time. And uh, yeah, it's a great way to both start my day and then end my day. And I think that's a great use of your time. But I will point out on behalf of all uh, men, mm -hmm. that's why we're waiting outside the washroom. <laughs> That's one of the reasons I, if, if I took all that time back, I'd be 20. Come so on. yeah, yeah. About that. Um, and second bathrooms, second bathrooms. You couldn't know there, it would be world war three without them. The second <laughs> bathroom. And, and also it more said like he really, as I said, he he's intentional in the exercises that he teaches in his class and recommends today about crossing your brain up a bit. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I used to do this more than I do now. The little things like eat with your opposite hand. Oh, yeah. And it really kind of makes you. And I, I remember my wife saw me one time and I think she thought, uh oh, <laughs> he's, he's forgotten what handed he is now. But it does. It works. Or if you uh, are catching something like a you know, football or a ball or whatever, try to use the other hand. Just those little things. It just makes your, your brain kind of uh, take note. Right. So the second person that we interviewed uh, for this episode is a woman named Kimberly. So Kimberly's not yet retired, as you're going to hear. Uh, and I apologize to listeners. Kimberly and I attempted to meet at what was, we thought, a quiet restaurant that, um, yeah, got more and more full as we went along. And so uh, we conducted the first half of the interview in the restaurant and then we ended up having to move outside and you'll you'll hear the second half of the interview later but at any rate so kimberly is not yet retired 
Uh, it is on her horizon and she's already taken steps toward her retirement plan. She's given this lots of thought. And one of the things she's doing is she has gone back to school. So here's Kimberly. So we were just talking a little bit about um, planning for retirement. So let's talk about that after we talk about a little bit about who you are and what you do. Okay, perfect. So, who I am? Um, so, I've been in Coburg for a number of years in this area, actually, since I was a child. Um, I've worked at, uh, I currently work at Access Community Service, so not retired yet. <laughs> But it is on my horizon. Yes. Um, my husband is um, three quarters retired. <laughs> I think if we want to say that, I, I want to say partially retired. But yeah, semi-retired. He, he did retire from where he was working for 35 years, and now he's got his own um, his own business. So he uh, he golfs when he wants, works when he wants, and it's ideal. So <laughs> ideal. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. So and I've got um, two kids, university age. So. They're still somewhat dependent. So for listeners, uh, we have listeners across North America, and some of them may not know um, what your organization does. Can you just explain a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. So we are uh, a nonprofit, and we're funded by the provincial, the Ontario provincial government, and we support adults with developmental disabilities. So um, my position as business manager mm-hmm. is a supportive role, and uh, I also oversee um, so finance, payroll. I've inherited IT and maintenance. <laughs> it's busy. Mm-hmm. It's very busy. Yeah. Very busy. Yeah. Very busy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I love the work I do. I love our clients. Our residents are fantastic. Mm-hmm. So I would imagine that given what you do for a living in terms of finance, that you probably have given lots of thought to that aspect of retirement, yes. have you? Yeah, and in my previous life, I was a financial planner. Uh, that was a hundred years ago, it feels like, but I certainly got a good education in, in retirement planning from when I was in my, I guess, late 20s. Um, so I started RSPs way back now, and probably nobody else was really doing it at my age. Yeah. Um, I also work for a bank, too, so I yeah. Is familiar with investments and mortgages and all that kind of stuff too. Right. So, yeah, I think you know we're 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 pretty set financially. Yeah. Um, so, I'm I'm, I'm probably going to work for another six years. I want to make sure the kids are well established. If that happens, I don't know. Maybe it doesn't. <laughs> but we'll get them there anyway, and then I, then I can breathe a little easier. <laughs> yeah. So. Given that that's out of the way for you, what other things have you then been thinking about in terms of planning for your retirement? I think mostly it's um, it's about my mind, a, a lot of it, because because I have such a busy job and I've always had a busy job. My fear of retiring, I guess if you want to call it that, or anxiety, I guess is maybe a better word, is just um, how I'm going to feel about myself. Because I think we tie so much of ourselves to what we do. So if somebody says, you know, tell us about yourself, we often start with our job. Mm-hmm. We don't say, I'm a nice person or you know, anything like that. We start with, I am a this or I am a that. So once that gets moved out of the way, who are you? So you have to start looking at interests and personality and what what motivates you, what drives you, what's your passion, all that kind of stuff. So not just your job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what kinds of things are you thinking you might do in retirement? So I've already so I'm right now taking my yoga teacher training. I graduate in June, which Woo-hoo! is coming up soon. So yeah. 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 So I um, yeah, my hope will be 
you know, until I actually retire, that if I can fit in once or twice a week, I'll teach some classes just to get some experience. Yeah. And then when I'm done, you know, having to work nine to five, that I can actually teach more. So something, I just want to do something different than what I do. Yeah. My work is very much in my head. Yeah. And I sit all day. And when I retire, I want to be able to move a little bit more. Or I want to just be less in my head. And just, uh, and, and have more of a connection with people. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what's really obviously really important too. Yeah. Because with our work, we we don't have our work. We use our social. Yes. And that can be really hard for people. Yeah. No, it can be. For sure. Mm-hmm. People are going to think you've listened to every episode of the previous season, given the answers you're giving us right now. <laughs> and um, I will do that. Get <laughs> <laughs> myself well prepared. <laughs> you know, Mary Ellen, Kimberly had me at financial planning. Yeah, I, I figured she would. Yeah, but bless her for being uh, over-prepared. I love that. Um, and it's funny, though, how your job impacts really how you plan and live your life almost like as educators, like we become pretty regimented and never can you be in a store or a, a movie theater and not want to shush somebody talking. Cause that's not the time you're supposed to talk. Your teacher, Whoop. your teacher mind clicks in. Um, but you know, she has said in, uh, in her discussion with you that, you know, she feels that they're doing okay financially, but keep in mind, she started that plan in her twenties mm-hmm. and, and working in a bank, that was literally her job to mm-hmm. to help others plan that. So good that she took her own advice. And as we've said many, many times, money is not everything. We no. know that. But obviously, you do need some for your future, yeah. uh, your retirement years. And planning early is always best. But at, you know, if you're our age now and you haven't, then early is not an option. But you can still, uh, I don't know why people, um, it's akin to going to the dentist, uh, talking to a, a financial advisor and mm-hmm. it isn't that bad <laughs> you could you can you know learn a lot even at this stage about how to maximize your the money that you do have and make your budget go further well and that's exactly why dave when we've talked about wellness uh this season in particular on the podcast we've included financial wellness so when you think about your physical wellness you know you have an annual checkup with your doctor So we really should be thinking about all the aspects of wellness and checking in with a specialist for that particular aspect of wellness, right? Mm -hmm. Like everyone should be having at least an annual mental wellness checkup. Everyone should be having at least an annual financial wellness checkup. You are already doing a physical wellness checkup, or at least you should be. Um, Anyway, that's, that's my, that's my soapbox for today. Mine is booked (laughs) for Monday at one 30. Really? I'm not surprised. It's probably in your your calendar. We've been every six months, but yeah, we, because we have to talk about um, registered education savings plans and Mm. now taking them out and doing that strategically. So yeah, yeah, we have a call. He's a great guy. It kind of breaks up my day. (laughs) (laughs) In between cleaning bathrooms and doing laundry. Yes. Right. Right. It's an interaction with another person, which I'm told I need. Right. Yes. Yes. Um. In my conversation with Kimberly, uh, she, unprompted by me, by the way, talked about the importance of having a purpose and redefining who you are in retirement, because so often when we're working, that is how we define ourselves, right? When people say, Mm -hmm. what do you do? Um, That's really what they're referring to. And that's kind of the first way we think of to describe ourselves. And we, we talked about that in season one, and we've touched on it again here in season two. And as she said, you really need to be thinking about before you retire, 
what's your passion, right? What, mm-hmm. what interests you? How, how do you want to spend your time and how can you be of use? Like, I really liked how she said she's got different hopes, dreams, and ambitions, and they're all for different stages of her retirement, right? Like she recognized that while she's physically well and can be active, there are things that she wants to do that will tap into those abilities for her. And then as she perhaps becomes less active in her more senior years, that's when she's looking forward to doing some other things that don't require perhaps as much physical activity. You know, part of her story about uh, doing something new, learning uh, into and after retirement, Mm -hmm. I think it takes a lot of courage and determination to return to training or school or a course or something as an older adult. Yeah, I, I think it's very it's intimidating to me because I know I never was particularly bright. I'm less bright now, so that can, I don't know what course I would take now. Maybe um, microbrewing uh, intrigues me. Um, and then Kimber- Kimberly, who said you know she was very physically active and a bit of a gym rat, and yep. so yoga was perfect for her because she can maintain that, uh, you know, physical training part, but also do something that's good for her mind and soul. And so for her, it's a, it's the perfect fit. And like uh, Morris and Kimberly becoming an instructor, not only feeds your mind, but it also is that uh, it's, it embeds into your life, physical routine and keeping fit and active. So uh, good for them. And the neat thing about becoming an instructor is that that really leads you well into phase four mm-hmm. that Dr. Moynes talked about, right? In his research, yep, because does. you're taking one of the gifts that you've been given and you're passing that along to others. You're helping others. And really that's what phase four is all about. That's, that's really where you're squeezing all the juice out of retirement. Right. Right. So now we're going to listen to the second part of my interview with Kimberly with a lot less restaurant noise. Okay, so Kimberly and I needed to relocate because there were a lot of loud people in that restaurant. So we're now outside. outside. So there's going to be car noise and some people noise, and that's okay. Because there's also (laughs) birds, and the sun is setting, and it is beautiful. It's gorgeous. It is. It's gorgeous out. So we were talking about the kinds of things that you have done um, to plan for your retirement, other than Mm -hmm. the financial parts. And Mm -hmm. uh, you're going to be graduating in June with your yoga instructors. Very exciting. Mm -hmm. What other kinds of things have you thought about doing or planned on doing um, in retirement? So I, I have a, a few things on, on the go, and I, if I back up the train just a little bit, and I'll just throw in a, just a personal um, experience, mm-hmm. I guess I'll call it that. Uh, so a few years ago, I had back surgery, and in the time that it took to diagnose what was what the issue was, and then, of course, I had my diagnosis and my okay for surgery, March 13th of 2020. Right. And we all know what happened mm-hmm. at that date. Um, mm-hmm. The world shut down. So my surgery was postponed. Luckily, I end up getting it in November. Um, but all of that to say that what I experienced with not being able to move, yeah. um, I'm a very physical person. And to have had that taken away from me was such a life lesson. Yeah. I would not want to do it again. No. But I also know that in my future, um, that could happen, mm-hmm. you know, to some degree. Mm-hmm. So it, it got me to thinking about, well, what would my life look like if I mm-hmm. couldn't move anymore? What, mm-hmm. what it, you know, redefining myself, I guess, and yeah. what, what are my interests? And so I actually wrote a book. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something that I would like to finish in retirement because mm-hmm. I'm sort of 
co-doing this with my daughter. Yeah. And uh, so I would like to, to complete that. Um, but while I am still healthy and, you know, physically able to, I would really love to donate or like my time, I guess, to yeah. the food bank. Yeah. Um, I know they're desperate for people, yeah. and um, and it's such a needed thing in our community. Yeah. So while I can, I would like to do that because um, there's a lot of people who are next stage seniors who are unable to do the physical stuff. Yeah. And then you know who knows where that will lead from there. Um, the other thing I would love to do is learn to play the piano. So I started when I was having my back issues, and then I stopped that to pursue the taekwondo. So I'm yeah. I, you know I've done other things instead, but. Yeah. But I have plans for things that I want to do, and I, I don't need to do everything now. No. I can, I can stage those things out. Yeah. And if I never get to it for some reason, yeah. it's okay. Yeah. At least I have, I have hopes, and I still have dreams, yeah. and I still have ambitions, and I think that's the important thing. So, so what led you to wanting to become a yoga instructor? I, just, I find that fascinating. Well, I, so my yoga journey started about 15 years ago because I was very much, um, I mean, you you know me Mm -hmm. to know that I am, I've been in a gym since I was 16. So it's been a long time um, (laughs) and I've done bodybuilding competitions and so on. So it's a lot of sort of, uh, I guess you call masculine physical energy and I needed, I needed some balance. So interestingly enough, my husband actually got me, um, a yoga retreat and I went to this I thought oh well it's a gift I guess I have to go <laughs> so I gave it a shot yeah and I fell in love with it and wow. so what's happened over I've been very very fortunate actually to have some incredible yoga teachers yeah. who have been willing to share a lot more than just just the physical part of yoga yeah. what I have discovered is that yoga is you know it's multi-layered and and yeah. I'm learning that even more as a, as I go through my training but um there's you know the physical part of it so it's mm-hmm. the you know which is what was originally bought, brought to the west was to do the physical part of the postures and the flows and stuff yeah but then there's the breathing yeah which is sort of the next layer and then there's your mind and your thoughts and then eventually there is you know maybe something that's could be more spiritual it's yeah. it's everybody's own journey yeah and I think that's what I found interesting about yoga is that it like, I think you said the journey mm-hmm. that's exactly what it is yeah. it's a journey it is um there's no goal yeah. to yoga. Right. There's no, I mean, unless I'm a guru, and which, you know, <laughs> you have to dedicate your entire life to this. Yeah. But uh, I think for everybody, there's, you can be as spiritual as you want. Yeah. You take what you want from it. Yeah. You leave the rest. You, it's a very personal experience. Yeah. And I would love to be able to give that to other people. So if I can offer whatever level. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. That's so, awesome. Mm-hmm. So is there anything else that you have planned uh, as far as retirement goes or as far as uh, post-retirement goes? Yes. I Well, <laughs> recently I have um, planned my own funeral. <laughs> so Tell me more. I know, um, I know I shock everybody when I say that because I don't mind disclosing my age. I'm 54. <laughs> so it is, I am young for that. Yeah. But um, my mom passed away when I was 25, yeah. and she was only 50. Yeah. So it was it was fairly quick. I mean, we had a few years, but you know, it was still also very quick. Yeah. And I just remember what that felt like to, you know, to have to plan my parents' funeral, yeah. and being sort of ill-equipped as a as a young adult. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, you know, if something were to happen, none of, none of us know when we're going to nope. go. So if something were to happen to me now, yeah. um, I would not want that burden on my children. Right. I don't want it on my husband either. No. Everyone would wonder what, you know, what I would want, what mm-hmm. would make me happy, yeah. you know. And I want to take all of those, I'm going to take all of that stress yeah. out. And yeah. my family knows I'm a little controlling. <laughs> so... <laughs> 
this is probably this will this has relieved them all i'm sure <laughs> they're a little surprised i always have to sort of have a disclosure there that, you know i'm not sick nope. i'm good <laughs> and actually it's a great time to do it because um you know it's not stressful i'm not ill yeah i i actually spent two and a half hours um with somebody at mccubry's and we had we were laughing we were we actually had to be kind of a little bit quiet because <laughs> there was a funeral going on <laughs> and we were doing this yeah. and i uh, you know but it, i think it's just it's it's like anything else you know you have a will there's a reason why you have a will there's yeah. a reason why you put all these other things into place and to me um you know we do funeral planning for um the residents that i that we support at access right and i thought you know why would we not do it for ourselves right we do it for them so that it's Good not point. a big issue yeah. when, when it comes to that time and yeah. then everyone gets to express what they want that is a you really know? good point yeah yeah so anyway I, it's i mean Highly recommended on a yeah. Saturday afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome. um, okay, so on our podcast this season, we've talked about there being several aspects to well-being. Uh, physical, spiritual, mental, social, emotional, and even financial. So what do you see as the benefits of yoga for overall well-being, especially for people over 50? Hmm. Well, definitely not financial but, <laughs> <laughs> but certainly um oh my gosh yeah the the well the physical part I guess if you start with that because that's what everybody first thinks about when mm -hmm. they think about yoga and I I just wanted to make a couple of points about yoga that I think they're misconceptions about it yes or or maybe uh, fear or anxiety mm -hmm. people will often say well I'm not flexible yeah. um, I don't have good balance right and I would say to that that's not what yoga is about. Yoga is not about touching your toes. Yoga is, um, you know, it can strengthen you, you know, gently. You don't have to be doing a power class. There's lots of different kinds of yoga you can do. Um, you know, so it's, it's not, but it's about strengthening your core mm -hmm. and your balance, which is so important as we age. And um, so many people, older people, are susceptible to falling. Mm -hmm. And that's because they start to lose their balance, their depth perception changes. And, you know, not that we can prevent all falls and everything like that, but it is to be able to strengthen your core and, and be looser in your joints and also, you know, have your balance. You become more sure of yourself physically because we're not all runners you know we're not all going to do that kind of stuff where we're always out doing something and walking is great but it's yoga will target different things so that's really important um i i'm not a doctor so i can't say this but i know there have been lots of studies that have been done on um yoga and the benefits for you know disease prevention controlling things uh you know like your um anxiety uh blood pressure you know, because you, then that's when you get into sort of the meditative or this, like a spiritual side mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. And uh, the breathing. Mm -hmm. Breathing is phenomenal. And I mean, I use it all the time. You, Yoga becomes one of those things where you you just move the skills into life. They're transferable. Mm, neat. And I used the breathing when I came out of my surgery to yeah. control my heart rate. Because yeah. coming out of anesthetic was really difficult and, yeah. and I was very nauseous. Yeah. So I was able to do that. I've used it on my children, yeah. breathing when they've had their wisdom teeth out and they were yes. anxious about that. We did a lot of breathing. Yeah. You know? yeah. um, or, you know, anybody can use it. You're driving and you're stress driving. Mm -hmm. You've got something on at work or something else that's happening in your life. All these different breath techniques mm -hmm. are phenomenal for keeping you just calm, centered, and living in the moment. I love that. That's amazing. So, yeah, that it sounds like you. it was a very nice day. 
It was to be outdoors because uh, these last couple of days you wouldn't have been out there. Uh, no, uh, around where Mary Ellen, Mary Ellen and I live, uh, we had a snowstorm this past week, which mm-hmm. was nice. Yeah, it hit pretty fast. It was lovely. The robins were ticked. Um, yeah. When uh, Kimberly was talking about yoga, I thought, what are the benefits? Because there obviously are benefits. So the first angle I looked at was uh, physical and the American Osteopathic Association uh, listed what they feel are the benefits of yoga for your body. Uh, Increased flexibility, increased muscle strength and tone, improved respiration, energy and vitality, maintaining a balanced metabolism, weight reduction, cardio and circulatory health, improved athletic performance, and protection from injury. So not a lot of reasons not to do yoga. No, no. And those are, those are just the physical benefits. Like, yes, I I really, I really uh, liked what Kimberly had to say about how multi-layered yoga is. Right. So um, there's the, there is the physical aspect to it, but then you layer on the breathing. Mm -hmm. Right. And that starts to bring in um, emotional wellness. And then you layer on mindfulness Mm -hmm. and controlling your thoughts right and then you layer on the spiritual and and it's it really you will get out of yoga whatever you want to get out of yoga and you don't have to be flexible to begin with you don't have to be strong like really there's there's yoga for every ability level and i just think it's an amazing way as an older adult to do what Morris was suggesting, which is make sure that you're looking after and being mindful of your balance as well as your lower body and core strength, mm-hmm. because those are those are so important for maintaining our physical health as we age. Now, it's intuitive that any uh, program that helps you with like, that you're moving and yes. focusing is going to be good for you and the people in it you could kind of go, yeah, but they're into it and they're going to, you know, it's like my brother who is a runner (laughs) (laughs) for your life. Only reason to run. Um, (laughs) But Harvard, the little school in the U S yeah. They did a study called yoga benefits beyond the mat, Mm -hmm. which was exactly what I was looking for. Uh, Number one, a better body image. You develop inner awareness. Yeah. That's where you focus Uh, becoming a mindful eater. And you had alluded to practicing that on on occasion and practicing yoga has shown to increase mindfulness in all areas, including what and how you're eating. Mm -hmm. And finally, a boost to weight loss and maintenance. People who practice yoga and are mindful eaters are more in tune with their bodies. They may be more sensitive to hunger cues and feelings of fullness. And I, I don't know about Sean, but I know if I'm going somewhere that's a buffet, you're not fooling me with the green stuff. And <laughs> I will stay away from the bread as best I can, but you're going to hurry so that you can eat as much as you can before your brain says, stop. So mm-hmm. that's, you know, it's a very, it's a skill. Yeah. Not one I'm proud of, but um, th- those reasons alone um, are, are very important uh, to uh, keeping your, just your well being and focusing on what it means to be well. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't maybe mean having the six pack. Uh, no. because that that's not possible for some no. of us. No. And Kimberly talked about how so much of what she's learned in yoga 
um, is transferable to real life, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so for example, she talked about uh, using the breathing techniques that she's learned uh, for pain management, right? When she was recovering from her surgery and I, and I, and stress management and uh, yeah, she was, she even passed some of that along to her kids who both had to have their wisdom teeth out last summer yeah. and, uh, and they found it really helpful. So, so I don't know, I'm, I'm a big fan of yoga um, and like Kimberly, I kind of came to it later, maybe, maybe, maybe 10 years ago. Um, because I, I had some preconceived notions about what it was, and I would have been one of those people who couldn't touch their toes by a certain point in my life. And, uh, yeah, I, I love it because it really is for all ability levels and it's, it's a very accepting, uh, place, a yoga studio, and I can do it at home. I can do it at home. And I, that's, that's, was really good during, uh, during COVID. Right. I know that, you know, that I focused in on part of her comments, which was, her spending time planning her own funeral. Mm-hmm. And I like how she paused and said, I know that that bears some explanation. Yeah. Um, I I am very impressed with that. Like her financial planning had me and then now she's planning her own funeral. She is, she is spot on. She's checked off a couple of things in life that people like me feel you have to do as a type A. Mm-hmm. Um, but all jokes aside, uh, I did go through all of that planning and doing all those decisions during grief, yeah, I wouldn't wish that on anyone. No. If if there's a gift you could give to your family, mm-hmm. uh, I would, uh, in addition to a legal will, which we've discussed before as well, but mm-hmm. that's having that as best you can, your funeral plan, not necessarily paid if that's not your thing, no. but planned out so yeah. that they have an idea of what would have made you happy. Mm-hmm. And what you what your wishes were, and mine is filed away with the will, and they know it's there. I make a big deal. I I have no trouble talking about it because it seems sort of inevitable. Yeah, I think I know what you're thinking about. Where could this lead? Oh, in relation to the podcast, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I absolutely see a future episode in season three where we talk probably with a funeral planner and. I have already crossed paths with an amazing woman who is a death doula. Mm. And for those of you who don't know what that is, we'll be explaining that when we have her on our show as a guest, because that was a new one for me as well. Yeah, because we associate that with uh, birth, right? Yes. The the Mm -hmm. role of a doula. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I'd be very interested in hearing that Mm -hmm. because that's, yeah, I think it's healthy to discuss. Yes, it is. And we, and we touched on that when we, when we did a, an episode in season one about leaving a legacy, right. we touched on the importance of having conversations about your wishes on a fairly regular basis with your family, mostly for the purpose of normalizing it. Because as right. you said, death is inevitable. So, yeah. And I won't, uh, Marielle, I won't bore everybody with the routine, even though I know it word by word in my head. But if you're a fan of Bob Newhart, which means you're okay in my books. Um, if you look up, if you Google uh, Bob Newhart joke about his brother's cat dying, um, it's a very funny take on what Mary Ellen just said about normalizing uh, talk about such things. Okay. Um, on the next episode of the Retirement Years podcast, we'll talk with another retiree who chose to become an instructor in a physical activity he loves, and it's blown up. It's huge around the globe. And if you haven't heard about pickleball, I don't know where you've been hanging out. Uh, But even if you have, uh, join us next week where you'll hear from an internationally recognized pickleball 
instructor. There's a lot to the sport, and I think you'll enjoy it. So until next time, I'm Dave. And I'm Mary Ellen. Stay well. You have been listening to the Retirement Years Podcast, social media marketing and management provided by Madison Sloan at MSS Mad Media. Original music by Theodora Draper. Web design by Gavin Hinton.